Hi. Welcome to the special episode of Thursday Eye Podcast. My name is Alex Volkov. I'm the host of Thursday Eye, and I gotta be honest, many of the topics covered in this episode were way above my head. Honestly, I was really appreciative and surprised when Enrico reached out and said, Hey, me and some co-authors on this incredible paper, do you want us to join Thursday Eye? And I was like, yes. So we had a interview with News Research, Taran and LDJ and Enrico previously, before Lama 2 was released. And since then, these guys extended Lama 2 from its original 4,000 tokens context length by two orders of magnitude to an incredible 128,000 tokens in context length. That's insane. That's considered two books, basically. And they did this using this yarn method. So previously we've talked about rope scaling, rotary positional embeddings, and this is the extension of that method. YARN stands for yet another rope extension method is a compute-efficient method to extend the context window of large language models requiring 10x less tokens and 2.5x less training steps than previous methods. They also show that YARN exhibits the capability to extrapolate beyond the limited context of a fine-tuning dataset, right? So what this means essentially is that extenders don't have to train on long sequences to get the model to understand long sequences. Think of a book like the Great Gatsby, which is around 60, 70,000 tokens, give or take. With YARN, models can be trained on 4K sequence length datasets and still understand a prompt that, of that length, which is incredible. This extrapolation is incredible. It essentially makes it that much easier to train very high context window open models. Finally, we cover what's next for context windows in open source and closed source models. What's next for news research team? And with that, I give you our interview with Bowen Peng, Enrico Cipolle, and uh, Jeffrey Cusnell. And I want to extend a huge thanks for folks who joined this live recording, and obviously for the four authors of this incredible paper. Here we go. So we now have this new segment in Thursday Eye where we go in-depth into interviews. So you are welcome to check out our previous interview actually with Enrico and some folks from News Research about extending Llama using rope scaling method. And today we have Enrico, we have Bowen, we have Imozilla, and we know that Llama 2 is now possible with 128,000 context window where the basic Llama was released with 4,000 context windows. So that's a few orders of magnitude more than the basic one. Uh, the top GPT-4 is 32K, and most of us don't have access to that, right? Uh, GPT-3.5 is 16,000 uh, context window. And my personal favorite, the hugest one, at least from my experience, is Claude 2, which has a 100,000 token context window, which is very useful when you're pasting, let's say, the transcription of all of the space of a two and a half hour space. You can paste in one go and ask uh, the, the model to, to, to do stuff for it. And 
So now we have this incredible effort by these folks to extend the LAMA 2 context window to 128K. So I want to welcome Imozilla, Enrico, and Bowen. And Enrico, there's another author on this that's also should join, but I don't see him. Can you tell me who exactly? His name is Honglu, but he was in it earlier. I'm not sure if he's still here now. I see. Well, if you guys can invite him, I'll definitely add him on. But meanwhile, I would love to ask you guys, first of all, any of you, please feel free to briefly explain rope scaling. And uh, keep in mind that our audience is not like the, the in-depth uh, folks who like uh, multiply matrices in their heads. Uh, so a brief explaining explanation of rope scaling, uh, which we already done, and then how Yarn is connected to this. Uh, I would love to hear from Imozilla and then uh, Bowen as well. Or uh, Bowen, go ahead and then Imoz. Yeah, okay, sure. I'm a um, machine learning researcher and computer graphics researcher. So I do like research work mostly. So I read papers, I implement algorithms for others. And so, yeah, I'm not like, unlike you guys, I'm not that into deployment or writing the actual code for, for the GPU, but I'm more like using PyTorch, like writing down the math. Do you want me to talk about positional encoding in general or? Give us a, a brief review and recap of rope and positional encoding, and then how this evolved into yarn. We'll talk about the implementation for Lama. If you guys know about attention, there's like inherently, there's no positional encoding in attention. So if you give attention 10,000 tokens, it just treats it as a bag of words. Like it just treats it as a set of 1,000 words, doesn't understand about the order, like about anything. So you need to inject some kind of special encoding inside of the vectors. So inside of the dimensions of the tokens, like if the tokens are, let's say, you know, 64 dimensional embedding inside of the network, like each token. So you have a, a 1000, let's say we have 1000 contexts and, and a, a 64 dimension per token. So you have a big matrix of 1000 by 64. And you need to encode uh, positional data inside of each of the 64 dimensions. So usually with positional encoding, we add some number. Let's say we just add a one for the first one and add uh, until 1000 for the last one, right? That would work, but because of how the neural networks, they work, like they do dot products. You do dot products with all of the attention. So dot products is basically just looking at the difference of the angle between two uh, vectors. So that's a dot product. A good way of encoding, positional encodings inside of the network is to use a rope, rotational encoding. So you rotate the vectors by a certain amount. And when you do dot products, because of uh, how the vectors are rotated, you can find, you can, the network can understand the distance between two words, right? So if you have two words that are really close together by rotation, so the vectors are really close. You know that they are close together inside of the network. The network knows that they are close together. If you have two words that are really far away, they are rotated really far apart. So then they are really expanded. You know they are far away. So maybe they are not so useful to predict the next word. So the network, when you give it these embeddings, it kind of learns about the distribution of how the rotations are like the, the network when it sees some rotation that is out of bound it doesn't understand what's happening so that's why we need to use 
uh, interpolation to do um, more than uh, 4,000 contexts. Because with 4,000 contexts, it only had uh, some amount of rotation between all of the words. And anything beyond that rotation, the, the network is like, I don't understand. I, I cannot, it never seen that in the data. It doesn't understand at all. So for any kind of rope interpolation, what we're doing is instead of rotating more after 4,000 tokens for Lama 2, we actually rotate less for anything less than 4,000. So if you have, let's say, 10,000 contexts, you just compress all of the 10,000 into the 4,000 rotation. So the network is now able to figure out better doing fine-tuning that we are looking at what place and whatnot, right? That is just like how we interpolation works. So first of all, thank you for the explanation. So uh, attention is very important. And also there was an issue of attention across the whole context window, correct? So I think when Rope came out, Ophir Press, the guy from Elderby, which is the, the guy behind Elderby papers, which is also a way to extend context. And I think some labs use Elderby. He expressed kind of a concern whether or not there's a full attention across the whole context window after Rope. Is that correct? Can you speak to that a little bit? Whether or not like this attention is, is spreading evenly across the whole context window with Rope and with Yarn as well. So for Rope, the problem that I think he's alluding to is that Rope decays long context attention. So because of how dot products work, so the further uh, two vectors are rotated apart, the less the result, like after the dot product is much less. So the attention is actually it's reducing the attention for all the tokens that are far apart, right? So the more tokens are far apart, two tokens, the less attention they have between the two. So that might be a problem if you think about it. But uh, one thing is that when we do interpolation, we're actually not rotating more than that. So if, for example, the network uh, can attend to 4,000 context size, if you compress like 10,000 tokens inside of the 4,000, it should be in theory uh, capable of attending to all of the tokens because the rotations are not more, they're less actually. You have less rotations between the, each of the vectors. So next question. So uh, you explained about rope and you guys have worked on, so rope was used to extend Llama to, I want to say 16K real quick. And Rico, please remind me if I'm mistaken, but like very quick after Llama released, you go, you and, and some other folks, I think, extended it to, to 16K. Was that correct? Like a few days after? Yeah, so, so yes. Rope, yeah, Rope actually by itself is not extending anything. Like Rope is the encoding of how you encode the positional uh, like data inside of the embedding. So the tokens, by using Rope, we can add a position to all of the tokens. Like the networks knows which tokens are where. But uh, the, the simplest interpolation method that they used, like before Yarn, was uh, linear interpolation, so positional interpolation. So basically, we just say that the token at 10,000 is now at 4,000. So you compress every distance. Like it's just you stretch the line. You compress or you stretch the line, basically. Because how? Because rope is taking like a point on the line, so between 0 and 4,000, like for Lama 2, it, it expanded into a, a multi-dimensional complex vector. So that, that's actually just how rope works. It takes 1D 
position on the line and just expand it into a ND uh, complex vector so the network can attend to, to all of the tokens, know where all the tokens are. So linear interpolation is just compressing that 1D uh, line. So you just take, a, uh, let, let's say, a 16K, you, you compress into 4K, and you give it to the network. So that, that's basically just it. And this was, this, I will comment that the idea of doing this was sort of the key thing that has kicked this length extension, you know, bonanza that we, we've been able to, we found ourselves in. Up until now, it wasn't clear exactly if there would be a way to train models to go longer other than actually just training them to go longer. Like that was sort of, we were stuck at that level, but that involved a lot of compute cost. So the original breakthrough was, like Bowen mentioned, the whole point is we need to somehow tell the model where things are. And in our mind, it's very simple. It's a one-dimensional line that you word zero, word one, word two, word three, word four, right? It's very simple. It's exactly what we want the model to learn the differences between the spacing. But because of the way attention works, it actually is using these dot products in complex vector space. So you need to do some fancy math, basically take that simple line and sort of thread it through this hyperdimensional complex. And that is what rope is doing. It is essentially being like, we know this hyperdimensional complex space is going to look like this. Here's the math so that when you can like literally take this like rope and run it through this hyperdimensional space that will essentially encode the idea of one, two, three, four, five, like this linear number assigned to each assigned to each of the tokens. And so the key that Kyokan Dev discovered was that we can take this rope, right? And the problem was you got your rope and it's from zero to 4,000. Now, when you went to 16,000, that rope, you can think of it as exiting the hyperdimensional space and it just sort of falls off and it can't be used at all, right? And that was what we saw. We like, once you the, if you made the rope four times longer, we only had rules to like how to get it through to the 4K length. We would exit the hyperdimensional space, fall off, and it would be useless. So the simplest idea, and you might ask why someone didn't think of this, but these are the simplest ones are obvious once you realize it, it's to sort of take that 16K rope or whatever it is and like squeeze it together really, really tight and push it in so that it fit in the same length as that 4K rope, right? And now you've got this much longer rope that's been squeezed into, a, into there. And that was what this positional interpolation is. And it took the numbers one and two. If you were making a 4X increase in the, 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 the length of the context, it would now take the numbers one and two and they would be like 0.125 and 0.25. And because of the the, because of the way real numbers work, we can sort of infinitely compress and infinitely divide. Right? And for, you know, we can take, and there's always, we can always make things smaller and smaller because the real numbers are infinite within, even between zero and one, right? So you can always like shrink, 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 shrink. And this is what Longma um, or, uh, or what a paper that Meta came out essentially was a form a paper that was equivalent to what Kyle Kandev did, which is that this did this. And this was like amazing. It worked. So like it, it, it worked and it took us from it not working at all to we know how to do it. Now we've kind of been like, okay, can we take this further? Um, and the reason is that when you do this squeezing, 
you still need to train the model a little bit more to like learn. But what's amazing is that the model, after it's been trained at 4K and it sees this like squeezed rope, it very quickly is able to pick up on what happened. It doesn't think that like it's learning anything new or new language. It just goes, oh, I see. Like they decided that everything is now divided by four. Okay, I can figure out what that means. You know what I mean? The model very quickly understands what you've done. And when you train it for a little bit longer on this scaled one. So everything after that's just kind of been iterative refinements. The key intuition about this is, is that this linear number is getting this linear rope from zero to 4K or whatever, we're threading it through this hyperdimensional space. And as we thread it, it's taking these twists and curves. It's like going up and down this hyperdimensional hill, right? And because of that, just squeezing it, it's like, at think about like at the trough of a hill, it's getting squeezed more than the parts at the top of the hill. Even because if you like squeeze everything by a constant factor, those areas that are in like the bottom of the hill will actually get squeezed more or less. Like that's just, the, it, this is not at all like what's really happening, but it's an intuition to think that like just scaling it linearly and pushing it together might not be the most optimal way to do this because it's now no longer a straight rope. It's, you know, weaving up and down this hyperdimensional space space is, we can sort of squeeze it very smartly at different points to try to get that same behavior. And that's really what we've been investigating is like, how can we, now that we know this is what we're doing, sort of the, 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 the linear scaling is kind of like the blunt hammer. Yes, it works. Okay, great. Now we know that's what we need to do. Let's look at, look at it and say, is there a more, is there a clever, more clever formula we can use of mapping how to do that sort of squeezing together so that it fits the contour of the space that we're trying to fit this quote unquote rope through. That's, that's incredible emails. And thank you for this very simplified and concrete explanation. The instinct about what happens in a multidimensional space definitely is not easy to grasp for many folks, especially folks who don't necessarily work with this, but the squeezing of the rope and the fact that it unlocked this thing is interesting. Here, I want to ask you about this. You mentioned Kaiku and Dev. We've talked about Kaiku and Dev, I think, the last time we talked about Longma as well. And then separately or in parallel, also folks from Meta kind of released a paper that's similar to this. Could you reflect on how that came about just briefly? And then we'll move on to the Yarn. Mm -hmm. So Kaiku and Dev posted onto, I think, originally on 4chan, maybe. <laughs> and and yeah, then later on Reddit. Well, yeah. yeah. And I just kind of, out of nowhere and said, hey, let's try this. And immediately, like the next day, I, we, I tried it and um, Gorgon, again, the GGML guy, I, he, I remember he, like, he tried it too and he tweeted out, holy shit, no way this actually works. You know what I mean? It was very much, we couldn't believe it was so obvious and yet no one had thought to do it at the time. A couple of weeks later, Meta dropped this paper called Positional Interpolation our context-oriented extension via position interpolation, which basically was like a academic paper that represent the exact idea. I mean, it's literally the same thing, but it was an actual academic paper that like showed the math formulas. They did lots of ablations, meaning they trained it multiple different ways. They evaluated it on lots of different data sets so that you could see how does it scale as you, like, it gets longer. You know, they did like a quote-unquote proper scientific study of it. There's a little bit of 
drama, if you want to call it that, because they did not really cite like, you know what I mean? There was kind of like some misattribution that people might have felt a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. What's interesting, uh, they came out with that paper and, and we can, there, there was an intermediate phase here, knowing that now we needed to do this. Bowen has been researching, you know, new methods and he put out a couple of just on Reddit. Hey, we can try this. We can try this. One of these was this NTK aware scaling. What's interesting is that Code Llama uses Bowen's NTK aware scaling to get its long context. That one has, Code Llama has 100K context, right? Well, I mean, it's clean. So we, we can get into the details here. And our paper actually did the, an extensive analysis of this. It was trained, Code Llama was trained at 16K. But what we found was that, like spoiler-ish, is that unlike the positional interpolation, these new methods actually exhibit the ability to extrapolate. So what this means is that we can train them on shorter sequences and they can actually go longer than what they were trained on. Previously, Alibi was really the only positional positional encoding method that had been given this behavior. But it was the new these new methods that we have actually extrapolate. Um, Meta discovered this in the sense that we never even thought about really trying it because we didn't think it would happen. But <laughs> Meta discovered that Bowen's NTK method does extrapolate, and that's what they used for Code Llama. I would love to to, to just gently ask about extrapolation again, just to highlight the point. So you're saying before with stuff like um, uh, linear, right? you had to also fine-tune or train the model on larger sequences, data sets, for it to be able to kind of also understand and respond to them. And now with newer models, you can continue training this with data sets of like 4,000 tokens, lengths, sequences, etc., and you will still be able to read and understand way longer text and perform well on them. Yes, that's an exactly correct. Code Llama, although on their front page they say it's 100K, was trained on 16K sequences. So they did train a lot. So it's kind of like you get like a multiplier, right? So, like you, if you train, so for Yarn, we trained on 64K long sequences, but we, it can do inference up to 128K and probably can do more, but we just don't, couldn't even like do the inference. Like it's just when you get that big, it, especially at 13B, like, it's insane, to, like the amount of memory VRAM that you need. Uh, but yes, that is correct. So these new ones actually exhibit extrapolation, um, which means that it's even better because you can train on shorter sequences and still get the long uh, context behavior. That that is incredible, and so also incredible the fact that there were, they happened in imagination unlock basically by somebody who just poked a finger. And I remember Kaioken Dev's blog where he said. Oh, you know, extend Llama with these two lines, right? And there's literally like two lines of code that you need to change in order to, to do something. One of them was like uh, to tell it basically to use longer sequences, something like that. I, 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 I vaguely remember the blog post, but I remember the excitement about this also on Twitter. 
And we had Yasin before, I think I found it through Yasin, and I think they're also with Kaiken. They found this via, via 4chan. And I love the fact that just and uh, somebody who's potentially Anon, I don't know if Kaiken Dev is, is the doctor or not, potentially Anon, like pointing to something, and then big labs are releasing full-on uh, scientific research. And, and then this imagination unlocks certain capabilities that you guys have now used. And so I would love to then follow up and ask about Longma and how Yarn was used to actually train Llama with 428. Like what, Mozilla, you, you talked about compute and at those sequences, compute is very hard. Is compute significantly harder when you train on data set there longer? Or, and is extrapolation helping to reduce compute and that's needed to get to those sizes? Uh, yeah, yes and yes is the short answer. I didn't mention, and I brought it up many times already about like how awesome Flash Attention 2 is. It, it enabled us to do this and reduce our compute requirements significantly. It's sort of an interesting problem because the training methods actually converge very quickly. The model very quickly, like after even like a few training steps, like picks up on what is going on. It doesn't need to be trained for a long time at all. But the problem is that there is a minimum amount of VRAM that you need to do it. And so you, it's like, you don't need a lot of GP, you, you need like a lot of VRAM for a very short amount of time. You know what I mean? Uh, was kind of the trouble that we ran into. Enrico did all of our, the training runs for Yarn on Stability AI's cluster. So thank you, Stability, for that. He can talk a little bit about this training setup that he used for it. But I, I will say that we trained at 64K, which may have even been a little bit of an overkill, but we wanted to like make the best. We didn't have like a lot of time on Stability's cluster. So we kind of wanted to spend it the best that we could and make the most powerful model that we could in the time that we had. So we did train on 64K, which was the limit that we could train on with the GPU. That was basically like batch size one for the amount of GPUs that we had, and it would still fit without out of memory. But if, Enrico, you want to talk a little bit about the training setup that we use? Hello. So what we did is we used fully sharded data parallelism to basically split the model across 64 A100s with 80 gigabytes of VRAM. The thing is that when you're training at sequence lengths that are this large, the, the sequence length itself ends up taking basically the majority of the VRAM. So even though you're sharding this 7 billion parameter model to 50 billion parameters per GPU and sharding the optimizer states and everything else, the, the context length itself ends up just filling up the entire memory, which is why we had to use the 80 gigabyte ones. One thing that we're currently working on in the next rendition, now that we're seeing a lot more support for this, and we've actually been building a, a very custom specific library that is going to be open sourced very soon, just ironing out a few different things before it's put out with help from some of the PyTorch team, is we're going to be able to combine multiple forms of parallelism, such as like tensor parallelism, sequence parallelism, flash attention to, and fully sharded data parallelism all together to be able to basically distribute the context length as well as shard the 
parameters both vertically and horizontally across each of these GPUs. So TP would be intranode, FSDP would be internode, and then you have sequence parallelism, which essentially chunks the context length of the 64K window in between each of the GPUs. So no longer are you having the 64K like context window filling up the entire memory of the GPU because it's going to be basically like chunked in between each of the different nodes, which is going to help the performance and training of this significantly. And now that that is relatively all integrated together, it is going to massively improve the performance of training both regular models and long context models. The benchmarks we've been doing on it so far have shown really promising results. So hopefully that all holds up for release. But the biggest difficulty right now, doing it more naively with only the FSDP and flash attention too, is that the sequence length hasn't been chucked. As for the data, what we did is we did find that it does make a difference because when you're training these models, you do not want to have sequences that are too short. I mean, this just basically applies to regular training as well. If you have the Llama 2 model that's been trained at 4K, obviously you don't want to start training on sequences that are 2K because it's going to start adjusting to that lower context line. So we, we found reliable sources of data that we could use to rapidly iterate on. We chunked them to the specific sequence length we needed. Together Compute showed in the 32K models that you can also do a bit of in-context learning with packing some of these longer sequences together and it'll still have relatively performant results, which basically goes back to what Jeff was saying too as well, where you can train at the 4K and then just extrapolate. So that's what they were showing within context learning is you can have these shorter sequences. You don't need a bunch of text examples that are 64K tokens because that's extremely difficult to find just in general. The only real source of long context information is books. The problem with that is you have to find books that are completely commercially viable to use for training. And that is a very difficult thing to do because we I wanted wanna, everything to be open source. I, I want to just, for folks in the audience, just to give some context here, pun intended. I think when, was it Mosaic? They released their, I think, 70,000 context window. They said that The Great Gatsby, the book The Great Gatsby, all of it is 67,000 tokens. Right, so you're talking about 64,000 64, tokens, a whole book is 67, like a short book. Yeah, Great Gatsby is not, is not War and Peace, but just for context, like you need to find these data sets somewhere, like those like whole books that you're putting in training, right? So yeah, okay. could you please talk a little bit more about like how you source the data set, like what it went into, is it open source? I, I really wanted to dig into the data that is required and what Imozilla said about in context learning from smaller data sets to larger ones sounds incredible here and uh, haven't had this at all and I, I would love to hear more about this yeah so with mosaic training on those books i know there was a lot of backlash to that and we worked very hard to explicitly avoid that 
and only sourced long context data that is 100% commercially viable and has been licensed. As so we this is like really important for downstream users as well, because if somebody is to use our long context model, they no longer have to be concerned about the implications of the training data. And that is very important. From like a legal standard and like an ethical and moral standard as well. So, so that's one thing we had to focus on. And there's the Project Gutenberg, which you can find a lot of these long context examples. They're brilliant books. They're in English, so they're perfect for using. And they're all commercially licensable and viable to use. And you don't have any concern training on them or using models trained on them for inference. What Together and CodeLama also found with the in-context learning types of things is that you can pack these shorter sequences together and still be able to extrapolate using something like Yarn, like Emozilla was previously saying. So Together did that where they took, they found some open source data sets on Hugging Face. They combined, they, they basically filtered anything under 4,000, I believe, and then combined the long context ones that were like 1632K with a bunch of other examples that were, say, in the 4K, 8K range as well, using the linear interpolation scaling. And they, they found that they were still getting very good results. Because we wanted to push this to the absolute maximum and hit the 128K mark, we decided to use the, the Project Gutenberg data set, which has a ton of these books that are 64k plus in sequence length so basically even when you're, you're chunking them the single book isn't even getting packed together it's basically taking up the entire context window itself and we and we found that does help but you also need to incorporate a lot of these specialized training techniques and things like that if you want to make it operable on gpus that don't have such a high vram I want to just ask folks about why, if Meta, or I guess don't don't speculate as to why, but do you guys foresee that all like newer models will start getting larger and larger context window, or uh, will we still have shorter length context windows? Then just like the open source community will just join and kind of extend those. Do you guys foresee that kind of the industry, the the big labs like OpenAI, etc., and uh, the, the open source uh, releases like Meta, will they adopt the larger context windows from scratch or will get base models that are like this length? Or is it is, is there something preventative there that uh, will prevent them from doing this? Because Llama 2 was released with 4, uh, but around the same time or even before they already had an understanding of, of scaling in the strict. Maybe it takes a while to kind of incorporate into their processes. But would love to hear from, from, from you folks, uh, uh, Bowen and, and Imos and, and Nico, about Speculation towards the future, whether or not the open source models will come out with larger context windows because of these new tricks that you also contributed to. Yeah, I, I think that because of how these interpolation methods are all like different, like it's going forward so fast, like we're developing new and new and newer methods. I think probably Meta doesn't want to jump the gun, let's say, like just to, they want maybe to wait a bit to get like better methods uh, before committing to one, because when you release, let's say called Code Llama, they released the long context version with uh, 100K. 
if that method wasn't great, if the context extension wasn't done great, they would have to like revert to the older models and refine tune, right? And if they release, let's say, right now they only release the final fine tune. So it, they re they had a base model of Code Llama that wasn't trained on 16k context, so only 4k. So it was same as Llama 2. They didn't release that model. So if they had released that model, we could have trained Yarn on it, but they would have to release like 10 models, right? Like 20 models, like each time. So I, I don't think that's like really, they don't they want to do that because that's really confusing. And we already have 1,000 models on the Hugging Face leaderboard. So I think as it stands right now, like the methods were, will converge to a good one. There's also from the authors of Rope, they released a re-rope, which also extend the context size. There's also the infinite LM paper. Like we have a multiple now, like more and more, like as the day goes. And I think as we we converge to a, the best one, a one that's like even more efficient than Yarn or even better, I think they would just release like a infinite context size model, like just. How we would have a fine-tuning method that would just allow the model to extend to any context size. One thing that we kind of have run into as we've been doing this is that everyone thought they wanted long context and until they got it. Because ultimately, we are still fighting up against the quadratic nature of attention, right? And for everything that happens, when it comes time to act, it gets quadratically slower as the model, as the context window gets longer. And that is a battle which, you know, you didn't even have to fight, but now like you can fight it, but then you realize that, like I said, to do FP 16, we were doing it in FP 16. We needed eight A100s to do 13B at 128K to do inference. You know, there, there's still a lot of problems, not problems, but just, I think that we've effect at this point, we've effectively know we can do limitless context length. And so it's likely actually though, that meta will be placed in the next model will play it safe. Well, safe. Maybe they use 8k as the base one and then rely on us or, or they release, they do 8K base and then do a, a, a longer fine tune like they did with Code Llama with another method. And the answer is we know it can be done. We know it works and we know that the methods are only going to get better. I would, but at the end of the day, use you on your machine trying to do, and imagine if you are trying to use the 34B or the 70B at, at 80K context, it's just, it's laughable at this point. Yeah, the restrictive factor is the fact that, okay, you can go long, but can you really go long? You know what I mean? Do you actually have the compute to do it? I think the next frontier for us, honestly, will be something that whatever it is that replaces attention. There's lots of research on subquadratic attention replacements. And I think that for the next big unlock of, of a large language models, it will be whatever it is that replaces attention with a, a subquadratic method. There's RWKV, I'm like getting the, the layers, the, the letters wrong. There's Hyena. There are a couple of other 
methods that are vying to replace attention with a subquadratic operator. If and when that happens, that's when the long context really becomes something that's at this point almost like a bragging or, or like a theoretical thing and brings into the realm of usability for everyone. And, you know, we need to do this, but we need to do this research concurrently, which is what's great about this. Our positional encoding research can be applied to a subquadratic attention mechanism um, that is still dot product based. Uh, lots of these. It's quite possible that we're, you know, we're sort of building separate pieces concurrently. And then once we settle on a replacement for attention that is subquadratic, then we really, that's when it would really be awesome and heat up. So I wouldn't, you know, lot, and, and, and one more final thing, but I'll try to stop talking is that, and, L, and, and Luigi had mentioned this many times, it's interesting, things are moving so fast that like we know when Code Llama was started getting training because they used like the best method that was available at the time. And like in the intervening two months, two better methods had come out, but they'd already started the training run on Code Llama. You know what I mean? So it's interesting to see how when these training runs happen, whether Llama 3 is already trained or not, I don't know. If it is, and they're planning on still releasing it, uh, like Falcon, still using rope. Maybe Falcon 2, if they started training it today, maybe they would use yarn or they would use... It's, it's, we don't really know when what is happening when, but I would not be surprised. Uh, my prediction would be that Llama 3 would be like an 8K model, an 8K base model, then trained, um, then extended with yarn or some other extension method to go to an infinite length. But until we we slay the quadratic beast that is the attention, we have to just sort of temper our enthusiasm for what long context actually means. So I will not temper any enthusiasm because I love long context and I love pasting like a lot of text, especially transcriptions from these spaces. But uh, Imozilla, I share your enthusiasm as well. I think so Luigi and then Nissan. Yeah, so there's some big news. While you guys were talking, I try to summarize the news so we can, you know, get it out efficiently. So Adept AI, on their team, they have some, I think at least one of the authors from the paper, Attention is All You Need, the original Transformer paper. And long story short, just while we were having this pod, they released an 8B model. And so just some summarized notes that I wrote down. It has Apache 2.0 license. It's open source now. And it has double the attention heads of Llama 7B, it seems, which is the same amount of attention heads as a Llama 7DB, which should theoretically, I think, improve in context learning based on some anthropic ICL papers I was reading into. And the vocab tokenizer, it has a vocab size of 250,000, which is about 10 times more than Llama 2, I'm pretty sure. And theoretically, that might be able to do better multilingual and mathematics in general. And... The actual training only goes for 700 billion, 700 billion tokens. 25% of that is code. But it reaches about the same benchmark scores as Llama 27B, which was trained for 2 trillion tokens. So maybe some of the architecture changes you know, actually help that a lot. And then it has 16K context length with rope. So possibly that opens the possibility for Emo or other people to you know, extend that even further since they used rope instead of something like Alibi or things like that. Trained natively at 16K context length with rope, 
So like instead of having, so they say that they modified the base rotary calculations for rope to have the full position. They said to allow for full position resolution at this longer length. So I guess like instead of scaling it from the original value of one, like at rope equals one, I guess it's like 16K context length. Yeah, if that makes sense. And actually one last thing I noted in my notes is that apparently they say, here, I'll just read the quote. Because our vocabulary is larger than that of Llama and MPT, the actual inference speed in terms of characters is likely comparatively higher. Whatever we want to take away from that. That's amazing. And I think it ties our interview with Imaz and Bowen and Rico perfectly because now we're getting a longer model, like a base model from Adept, who's authors of Transformers. The Attention stuff that Zimozu was talking about is, is basically a transformer statement, right? Attention is all you need. <laughs> Some of the authors now using these author methods. I find it incredible. Luigi, thank you for bringing this up. I want to just uh, let folks, Enrico, Imozilla, Bowen, just to maybe briefly summarize and, and say what is else for you, what's next for you, what maybe help from the community you need. Please have the space. And then, Nistel, maybe you, you have a final uh, comment there before they do that. No, I just want to quickly ask them since. Most of the context window was being taken during training and was taken up most of the RAM, but was only needed for a bit. Uh, is there any possibility to maybe offload that into the the CPU side since it doesn't see that much processing? I just wanted like any thoughts you had on that. And then, yeah, that's all for me. Yeah, you can definitely offload it. I mean, even during training, you could use offloading. We chose not to because it fit into the GPU like VRAM at 80 gigabytes. You can, as I previously mentioned too, there's something called sequence parallelism. I, again, I still got to figure out how to link things, but I'll put it in the comments. There's a, there's a really good paper on chunking the context length and splitting it in between GPUs. So that is something to take into consideration for training as well. Thanks. I would just like to add, because we've shown with Yarn that it's possible to go to such context length, I think, I hope actually that people would, it was, this would hype more the community, you know, because before this, people saw those, there was a paper that, uh, that said they had one billion context length, right? But there was no model, there was no data sets, nothing. Basically, that was just a proof, not even a proof of concept, just theory, right? Like here we have, a, actual proof of concept that 128 works, 128K works. And I hope that people will do more work on the algorithm side or like the offloading side. Like people will scramble to actually make this run on lower end GPUs, right? Because now we have something. Like it is, it's here, the model is there, like it works, we tested it. So that was just like, I think that by releasing Yarn, it will push the community like to work on better algorithms for the flash attention or even like some other attention alternatives that we can just plug into Llama and then fine tune it. Because right now Yarn is just a small modification, right? We can also take some other uh, attention mechanism and just put it inside and use the same code, just modify the attention a bit. We have all the training code, everything. We can just train a 128K model again with some other um, uh, algorithm, yeah. That's that's basically it. Yeah. Thank you, Bowen. And 
I think you just joined Twitter for this, right? Where should folks follow you? Where else can they find out what you're doing and what you're working on? Yeah, we have the GitHubs and we have, yeah, you can follow us on GitHub or even the Hugging Face repos we have at News Research. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Imozilla, go ahead, man. Uh, yeah. As for what's coming next, we're going to be tidying up the paper. We're going to get it over, hopefully submit it to ICLR, fingers crossed. We have a couple of more, you know, scientific stuff. We just want to get in the paper to make it as, as tight as possible. Going on from there, we have lots of exciting things over at News Research that we're working on. We're actually going to, people, we've kind of been a little bit like closed off, but we're, we're going to be opening up a public, opening up our Discord to the public. Uh, not today, but like very soon. And that'll sort of let everyone come in and, and chat and talk about it. Bone and I are just as excited about a bunch of some other things that, especially in the multimodal space that we want to investigate. So the best way to keep in track with us, we'll get out. You can get news research on Twitter or myself, the Mozilla, follow any of us. And we'll get everyone into our Discord and we can, you know, start talking from there. I will be slightly selfish and say that we are still a little bit GPU poor. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. We actually, we got a grant from A16Z to pay for the yarn training for the yarn eval, but it was not a, it was not a big check. <laughs> and people seem to think it, we like got this huge amount. It was not, it was awesome for Andrew over A16Z to help us out, but we are still very compute and GPU poor. And so we are uh, actively looking for people who are able to help out with these training runs because like our yarn models could have been even better. And like, we didn't have the ability to do the 70 B we wanted to do the 70 B that's actually, if I had to say a stretch goal would be finding enough GPUs that someone will let us use so we can do yarn to use the 70 B or if someone's crazy, we can do Falcon 180 B. And so, yeah, we just, we need some GPUs for that. And then Rico is doing an awesome job at making our trainer as efficient as possible so that we don't need as much. I mean, a year ago, we would have needed like four times as many GPUs as we actually need now. I do the same thing, but we do need that. So that will be my final sort of ask if anyone can help out. But other than that, yeah, we're going to be continue to be releasing and research over at Noose and follow us along. And I will just comment that it's awesome to be part of the open source community and Everyone is contributing in their best capacity and their best way. And together we've been able to rival the big, uh, the big AI studios. And uh, it's something that sort of we, as a collective community, uh, proud of. That's awesome. And in terms of how to follow, you guys are always welcome on Thursday. I and I really appreciate your time here, the expertise and the metaphors. Enrico, go ahead and then we'll close off. I just wanted to say, Thank you to everyone at in the open source community, as well as people who have been helping to sponsor us, such as Luther AI and Stability AI. I know that Lion and Together are also looking to collaborate with us. So hopefully we will be able to continue to expand these models and get the resources we need in the future to get these 70 billion parameter runs out to the community and available for everybody to use. Because if we are able to do, you'll have a 
very strong open source based model that you i i mean just to even <laughs> thinking about it right now it, it's just uh, pretty wild that we've got into this point and uh, i just wanted to say thank you to everybody thank you guys for joining and thank you news research folks should definitely follow this i think of this two and a half or sorry i think three hours almost exactly three and something it's time to conclude thursday i we had more breaking news during the space than i think ever before we just saw a model from adapter ai with the co-authors of the original two solace paper release something that uses some of the stuff that folks on stage here actually kind of proposed and, and fine-tuned that was incredible and luigi thanks for bringing this up we also saw the release of mojo live during this thursday I, which i was waiting for a long time and we're gonna go and I'll play around maybe with Mojo and see if some of the stuff that, you know, we're already running runs faster on Mojo, maybe opening up other possibilities. And we talked about uh, Falcon 180B, which is uh, exciting and not as performant for some past, but definitely a big thing for the community. But I just want to say thank you for folks who joined, the friends of the past who joined for the first time. Harrison, thank you. Anton, thank you. I think Bowen is your first time. He was your first time. Yasin jumped on. It was an incredible space. I want to shout out with the strongest conviction that folks who, the co-hosts that come week after week, Yam and Nistan, Luigi, I can consider you a host at this point. Is a Nova who's now in the audience, but also really some beautiful stuff. We're here every Thursday, besides maybe lap because on vacation. We're here every Thursday. We learn because there's so much around AI. We learn together. We talk about everything we learned. And then everybody who can't make it every Thursday, there's a newsletter there run in podcast form as well. So you're welcome to follow that if you weren't able to follow all the three hours. The interview with the news folks i think it's incredible and i thank you guys for joining us and with that i want to wish you a great thursday i and we'll see you here next week and thank you all for your attention quote unquote and uh, pun intended and we'll see you next week and you're all welcome to come back thank you so much have a good thursday i bye